0: What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Scripts. This is your first Monday Night Raw post-show for January 3rd, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York, and this is the OTS venue. Thank you guys for joining me on your Monday nights, wherever you may be. Monday Night Raw, man. New Year. Same old shit. Nothing new really happened on this show, man. But I got to give WWE credit. So far, so good, man. I'm going to be watching this thing like a fucking hawk. Because that's what I do. Always looking to see when WWE fucks up. So far, so good, man. Bobby Lashley is the new number one contender for the WWE Championship. He will go one-on-one with the new WWE Champion Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble. You know, I know a lot of people are sick and tired of the Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar story. Not particularly the story, but more... Roman Reigns and his reign as Universal Champion. I want you guys to understand something, and you know, I I get how everybody is really excited about this Lashley Lesnar confrontation that's about to happen. I know I am, and I'll get to why. I'll get to why in a second, but I have to let you guys know, and I have to let everybody in the community know that. The Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar storyline. Hey, Tony from Riva. Those glasses were a fucking gift from a very special person. But you're here watching my fucking show, bro. Seriously. You want to mention Dr. Disrespect in my chat. Now you're the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out. I'll talk about that a little bit later, too, because that shit pisses me the fuck off. Have a fun time in the chat. Don't be like fucking uh, Tony from Riva, fucking pussy. Get out of my venue. Go watch Fightful and be fucking bored to tears. I have to let everybody in this chat and I have to let everybody in the community know that Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar and the storyline is not going anywhere. That will be the main storyline going into WrestleMania 38. In Dallas. The thing is tonight. And the one big story to come out of Monday Night Raw. Besides Bobby Lashley being the number one contender. Is Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman showed up on Monday Night Raw to introduce Brock Lesnar. as the new WWE Champion. He is now an advocate. His client. Brock Lesnar. They are one once again. A lot of people are wondering what's the next phase of this storyline. Is Lesnar going to remain on Raw? The answer is no. The answer is no. Lesnar's going to do whatever he wants. Lesnar's going to be on SmackDown this coming Friday to confront Roman Reigns. And I absolutely love it. I do. You know, Roman Reigns going down with COVID-19 may actually have enhanced this entire storyline. Because if Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar happened at day one, the way that it was originally scheduled to happen for the Universal Championship, we wouldn't be sitting here on a Monday night talking about how Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar is all but confirmed for the Royal Rumble and that this is your WWE Championship match. We would not be talking about that. So what exactly happened here? I wish Roman Reigns nothing but the best. I've been a huge advocate of Roman Reigns in his title run. I don't like the way that WWE's handled it. I think they've kind of went about his title reign in a very selfish way. They've gotten nobody over but Roman Reigns. They've enhanced nothing about SmackDown. They've enhanced nobody that Roman Reigns was in the ring with. Everybody seems the same, if not worse, following a Roman Reigns defeat. But the fact that Roman Reigns had COVID-19 somehow is enhancing this storyline. Now, he's going to get better. He's on SmackDown Friday. He's in good health. Good for him. I'm glad. But it's enhancing this entire Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns storyline because now we're getting a nice little side quest with Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. I'm surprised WWE is embracing this catastrophic situation. You know, normally WWE would have buckled at the knees and they would have panicked. And everybody's claiming, oh my God, how could they do this to Big E? How could they do this to Big E? Oh my God, give me a fucking break. Fuck Big E. Who gives a shit about fucking Big E? You kidding me? Big E was a failure of a WWE champion. Not because he's not good. Not because of the color of his skin. WWE didn't bury Big E because he's a black athlete. Don't get me started on that. Give me a break. WWE looked at Big E. WWE looked at the ratings on Monday night. WWE looked at... Merchandise sales, I'm assuming, for Big E is a solo act away from the New Day, and nothing really resonated with anybody. Big E was a failure of a WWE champion. He had one of the worst reigns of the modern era. I don't know why anybody on social media would think otherwise, unless you're pandering to a political agenda. Cut the shit. Big E's title reign fucking sucked dick. Completely. And like I said, it's not Big E's fault. This goes to WWE not being able to book baby faces. They did it with Drew McIntyre. They did it with Seth Rollins when he was WWE champion. They did it with Braun Strowman. And they did it with Big E. They did it with Roman Reigns when he was a baby face. They are notorious for booking baby faces into creative failure. So Big E lost the WWE Championship, and rightfully so, based on all the statistical analysis behind it. Now, I feel bad for Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and I did feel bad for Bobby Lashley last night, but I kind of knew where they were going after day one, or Saturday, rather. Got to get used to these Saturday pay-per-views. I did feel bad for Bobby Lashley just for a little bit. But tonight he got the job done. I do feel bad for Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins because they are now completely taken out of the picture. And I don't know where WWE is going to go with Brock Lesnar as the WWE champion. I actually quite like it that way. I quite like it that way. There are there are negatives and positives to this situation. There really is. You know, on one hand, Brock Lesnar is going to give WWE the notoriety and the star power at the top on Monday Night Raw in the World Championship situation. Brock Lesnar is going to draw a better rating than anybody that they could put in that spot that's on that brand. And it makes WrestleMania season a little bit more exciting. And let's be real. I think we all kind of enjoy this babyface Brock. He's a little loose out there. He's very good on the microphone. He's been handling himself on the microphone. He seems to be having a good time and embracing this baby face run. So I think it works out. I really do. Now, the thing is, the negatives about it WWE always goes to their tried and true. They go with the guy that is the made man, they go with their top guy, a guy that they've pushed for the last eight years. And pretty much have made unstoppable. And they do that instead of building somebody else up. Somebody younger, somebody new, somebody fresh. Somebody that hasn't been given an opportunity in the world title situation. But the thing is, at the end of the day, it's WWE's fault. They don't really create must-see superstars. The only must-see superstars in the entire company are the guys feuding For the two biggest titles in the company. And that's Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. WWE has done nothing to make anybody feel important. They've done nothing to make anybody feel special. They've done nothing to make anybody. Must see. You're not going to go out and watch a Seth Rollins on Monday night. You can cry to the fucking heavens. How you want Seth Rollins to be the WWE champion or Kevin Owens or fucking anybody in that spot. But what happens when it happens? WWE either drops the ball, and they don't get over, and the fans themselves are to blame as well. This is an equal fucking opportunity partnership, man. WWE fails normally, and then the fans, they end up crying about it on social media and then do nothing to support the decision that they so wanted. Where was everybody when Big E won the WWE Championship? Did you go out and watch the fucking show? Did you go out and support Big E? Why were the ratings some of the worst ratings in the history of Raw as Big E held the WWE championship? So you can fucking cry to me all you want about how you want Big E to be the WWE champion, but you got to put in the effort to actually get him the fuck over and you failed as a fan base. So don't cry when Brock Lesnar is holding the WWE Championship over somebody else that's a full-time performer on that brand. WWE has several different ways they can go about this. Now that we know Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar is the match at the Royal Rumble, what do we do? Do we give Bobby Lashley the WWE Championship? Do we go back and give it to a full-time Monday Night Raw guy. Does anybody want to see Bobby Lashley as the WWE champion again? He was a great dominant champion, but I wouldn't call his reign all that great. Maybe this is going to be a second chance for Bobby Lashley. He did the first reign as a heel. Now he's somewhat of a in-betweener. He's trending more towards a babyface in this second go-around. Is that going to generate any interest? The answer is no. The answer is no. There'll be interest while he feuds with Brock Lesnar, but when he wins the WWE champion, or I should say if he wins the WWE championship, there will be no interest there. WWE could do a couple of different things here, which I will go over right now. Nobody wants to see Bobby Lashley as the WWE champion. Stop bullshitting me. See a bunch of I do's. Yes, I do. Yes, I do in the chat. No, you don't. No, you don't. I don't want Bobby Lashley as the WWE champion. I think there are much more suitable people on that brand for a WWE championship. Most likely Edge, AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins. It's about time we get other people in the title picture. It's about time we get the WWE championship at the top of the card and base it around professional wrestling. Bobby Lashley is a very one-dimensional athlete. We've seen it. Nothing's going to be different in this second go around. So spare me the fucking I do's or the yes, I do's. No, you don't. And you should not want to see it. WWE has a couple of different avenues they could go down here. Brock Lesnar can beat Bobby Lashley. That's the simplest of the situations that we could really explore. He wins the match. He retains the WWE Championship and WWE books Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns going into WrestleMania season. And I said this on Saturday during my day one post show, a unification match of the Universal Championship and the WWE Championship between Reigns and Lesnar at WrestleMania is the best solution for all of their problems. They have not embraced the brand split. They don't give a shit about the brand split. And I think this brand split that we have right now and have had for the last several years has actively ruined Monday night and Friday night. And with all of the terminations that we've seen over the past two years, I think it's about time we end the brand split. SmackDown is utter trash. Look at their roster and tell me it doesn't need an absolute fucking dire need for help. Same thing with Monday Night Raw. We've already seen rematches, rematches, and rematches galore. Ending the brand split would make the product better. It would enhance everything around it. One world champion is all you need. And you got the two guys right now in the very best moment to do it to get the job done. One championship means that everybody else fighting for that one championship is going to be more important because of it. One championship is going to make the world championship in WWE more important than it is right now having two championships. And it gives WWE the biggest main event that they could possibly do without getting a rock involved in the main event, which they also want more than likely for Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium next year. That's the easiest way to go about it. Will they do it? Probably not. It makes too much sense. WWE could give this Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley match the Roman Reigns treatment. And what I mean by that is... We deviated away from the plans because of Roman getting COVID-19, and we're now mixing both matches together. Lesnar's still feuding with Reigns. Lesnar's on Raw. Now he's feuding with Lashley. We are now possibly going to cross-pollinate the two storylines. What I mean by that is Bobby Lashley could win the WWE Championship, take it back to Monday Night Raw, and... Instead of doing what the original plan was, I believe, with Paul Heyman turning on Brock, or not really turning, but fucking him over, and revealing to the world that he was always with Roman Reigns and wasn't really fired. It was one big master plan from the beginning to pull the rug out underneath from Brock Lesnar. They, because they couldn't do it at day one because Roman had COVID and that match was canceled, they could theoretically do that. And that ending, that was supposed to be at day one at the Royal Rumble with Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. They could do it then. Heyman is already now kind of involving himself with Lesnar, the advocate. This is his client, and he's buttering him up, right? And he's kind of throwing jabs at Roman Reigns. Uh, you fired me, and in one week, he got COVID. Karma's a bitch, right? They could just do that ending with the Lashley-Lesnar match and have Heyman fuck over Lesnar and give Lashley the WWE Championship. That would give Lashley the title. He takes it back to Monday Night Raw as a full-time superstar. He can continue feuding with whoever he needs to feud, with Big E, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, you know, the boring cast of characters there that we've seen for the last two months that nobody gives a shit about. And then at that point, Lesnar would be so pissed off that Heyman fucked him over. He ruined him from holding the WWE championship. Lesnar would be so obsessed with getting back at Heyman and Reigns. He enters the Royal Rumble and Brock Lesnar wins the Royal Rumble and challenges Roman Reigns at WrestleMania for the universal championship. Everything's kind of been suspended because of the Roman COVID situation, but, you get your Lesnar and Reigns match at WrestleMania, and then Bobby Lashley can go on to defend the WWE Championship against whoever he is going to defend that title against at WrestleMania. I don't like that idea. I don't like that idea at all. I don't. I honestly think it's one of the more trivial and more simplistic ways to go about it. Because I'm so involved with the unification match and ending the brand split. I I don't think that's going to happen. That's probably more uh, of the unlikely situations to happen. The one I just mentioned to you with Lashley beating Lesnar and then Lesnar winning the Royal Rumble, that's probably one of the more likelier scenarios to happen at the Royal Rumble. And if you're asking me, well, J.D., why are you giving Brock Lesnar the Royal Rumble? He's a part-time guy. I want you guys to ask yourself this question. I just mentioned it a couple of minutes ago. There are no legit superstars on this roster outside of Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Is there anybody else on that brand that you could see legitimately winning the Royal Rumble? No. There's nobody on that brand that right now is in a situation that you could say, I want him to win the Royal Rumble. I think he should win the Royal Rumble. Edge has done it. We've seen it. I don't want to see it again. Matt Riddle would be a great candidate, but he's mixing it up with Randy Orton as part of the Monday Night Raw Tag Team Championship. AJ Styles is a great candidate. I don't see that happening. He's ice cold, right? Who else is there? Seth Rollins? Big E? I don't want to see Big E win the Royal Rumble. I don't want to see Seth Rollins win the Royal Rumble. That's lame. They've had their opportunities. You might as well just continue playing up the Reigns and Lesnar storyline, being that it's A, the most interesting one, and B, the biggest storyline in the entire company. You might as well revolve that around everything going into WrestleMania. That's another scenario WWE could do with that. Now... I don't know what WWE's plans are. I I wish they would do something out of the box. I really do. I wish they would involve the Elimination Chamber the way that it should during the road to WrestleMania. I still would have the Elimination Chamber be a big proponent on the road to WrestleMania. What if a Lesnar doesn't win the Royal Rumble? What if we get Brock Lesnar going into WrestleMania as the WWE champion? What if we get Roman Reigns going into WrestleMania as the universal champion and we get both of them wrestling two times in one night, uh, two times in the same weekend rather, on day one and day two? What if we get a traditional Royal Rumble winner? What if we get somebody from the Monday Night Raw side or the SmackDown side winning the Royal Rumble? The winner of the Royal Rumble say he comes from Monday Night Raw. SmackDown would get the Elimination Chamber. Roman Reigns would get his match. Brock Lesnar would get his WrestleMania match on the same night, right? And then the winners of those matches meet in the main event on Sunday night on night two of WrestleMania. And if WWE books it the right way, we could get Lesnar and Reigns wrestling on the same card on night one Saturday. And then they could theoretically book... Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar champion versus champion on night two of WrestleMania. So we would get Lesnar and Reigns wrestling two times on that WrestleMania weekend. It would be what new Japan pro wrestling does at wrestle kingdom or has been doing for the last couple of years at wrestle kingdom. The winners of those matches meet in the main event on night two, unification match. Unify the titles, one champion, and the brand split. I see a lot of people mentioning Walter. I I don't understand why Walter's name is being mentioned. WWE is not going to push Walter the way you guys want Walter to be pushed on the main roster. These people can't even fucking be trusted to walk my dog. Never mind fucking get Walter in the Royal Rumble and have Walter win the Royal Rumble. You fucking kidding me? Give me a break. There are a couple of ways to go about this. But at the end of the day, and I don't believe I'm going to say this, I got to give WWE some sort of credit right now for day one, handling the Roman Reigns COVID situation, making the best of what they had, putting Lesnar in that match, giving Lesnar the WWE championship, giving us Lesnar versus Lashley at the Royal Rumble. And then still potentially getting Lesnar versus Reigns at WrestleMania and continuing the storyline. With Reigns going down with COVID, it actually made everything creatively that much more fun. And I don't mean that in a bad way because I wish nothing but the best for Roman Reigns, but creatively, what we're watching on television is better because he was out and missed day one. Now we got two matches potentially. And a whole slew of ideas that WWE could really have fun with. Now, I don't trust them at all. They're more than likely going to choose the worst idea. But what I just brought to the table are the most likely of scenarios. Some more than others. But I do think this is going to be a fun ride. If WWE wants it to be a fun ride, they will creatively book it as such. Will they? No. WrestleMania season is probably the worst creative WWE is all year. They don't do anything that's right. They don't do anything that's fun. They do everything to please and appease Vince McMahon. That's all they give a shit about. But they have the pieces of the puzzle in place to really make this feel special. They are the pieces to the puzzle in place to end the brand split. I hope they know what the fuck they're doing. I really do. Those are my opening thoughts, man. Brock Lesnar showed up on Monday Night Raw tonight. And uh, he is now officially defending that title against Bobby Lashley at the Royal Rumble, which should be fantastic. It's legitimately one of the only few matches in this entire company that is legit a big-time match. There's none. None on that main roster right now. And we're getting one of the very few remaining ones at the Royal Rumble. So let's appreciate it because it doesn't come around all that often. Thank you guys very much for joining me on your Monday nights, man. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. I'd love to get to 130,000 subscribers tonight, man. I don't think it's going to happen, but if you guys are in the chat and have not... Hit the thumbs up and the subscribe button all that stuff. Please go and do that for me tonight. I would really, really appreciate it. Helps me out. Helps the channel. Out, helps the video out. It's very helpful, man. You guys got the power. Use it. Help out the podcast. I see those super chats coming in, man. Continue to get those super chats in. The line in the venue at the bar is crazy. You guys are getting your cold beverages. You're sitting down. You're enjoying the show. Get your super chats in, man. Get your tips in. We're going to read them all at the end of the show and go over them all. Let me know what you guys think of Lesnar Lashley. Let me know what you guys think of Monday Night Raw tonight. Let me know what you guys think the best creative plan is for all involved here going into WrestleMania. Sound off in the super chats, man. I appreciate you. Go get your t-shirts. Bonfire is the place. Bonfire.com is the exclusive home of Off The Scripts. We got these new throwback designs with more coming. We got the white and black OTS NWO throwback design. And we got the red and black Wolfpack inspired design. LTB. Long-term booking. Bonfire.com, the official home of Off The Script. I thank you guys very much for going out and buying some t-shirts, man. It's a great way to support the show. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel, man. There's a ton of content since I've been back from vacation. We got day one. We got the Tony Storm video on my thoughts on, on Tony Storm. Jesse and I went live at Emergency Extra right before day one on Saturday afternoon talking about the Tony Khan Big Swole Diversity situation in AEW, man. One of my favorite videos in the last 12 months, that one. We broke it down better than anybody in the community, man. Loved it, loved it, loved it. If you missed that great discussion, go check it out. It's on the homepage right now. And tonight's show, sponsored by my great friends over at Honey. We are back with Honey for all of 2022. 2022. Make sure you guys go and check out Honey and download the free web browser. Everybody loves saving money, man. So why not save some money while you're shopping online at your favorite sites using Honey? That's joinhoney.com slash off the script. And I want to thank them for supporting the podcast all year right here on off the script. Let's start with the top, man. Monday Night Raw tonight. From the Bon Secours Wellness Arena in Greensville, South Carolina. Paul Heyman opened the show. Lights went dark. Lights came back on. And Paul Heyman was standing in the ring. I know everybody was probably wanting Bray Wyatt. No. The Fiend is not back in WWE. We got Paul Heyman to start Monday Night Raw. Paul Heyman was standing there with a microphone, middle of the ring. He introduced everyone to his client, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar's music played. So Lesnar walks down the aisle. He takes a part of the steel steps, throws it in the ring. He's all smiles. Lesnar stands on the steel steps as if he's the king. Like I'm the king of the IWC. He's the king of WWE. Lesnar said, before we get the party started, I want to give a big shout-out to my good buddy, Roman Reigns. Lesnar says he's likely at home watching the real world champion in WWE, Brock Lesnar. So if you guys think that this Lesnar-Reigns storyline is going to take a hiatus or if WWE is going to drop it, I mean, the first thing that Brock Lesnar mentioned as WWE champion on Monday Night Raw in his first statement was Roman Reigns. It will be a major selling point for WrestleMania get well soon buddy he then continued to tell Reigns then he winked he held up his arm and said now South Carolina acknowledge me I chuckled a bit Lesnar doesn't quite say it as cool as Roman Reigns does but he mocked Roman Reigns once again with the acknowledge me statement Lesnar turned and acknowledged my advocate. He thanked Paul Heyman for making him a free agent and pulling the strings necessary to get him into the match on Saturday to win the WWE title. Heyman bowed at Lesnar, extended his hand, and shook his hand. Again, I got to give WWE some sort of credit, man. You know, I don't like the draft at all. I think the draft is a waste of fucking time. I think the WWE hasn't fully embraced the draft at all. They do what they want. They say what they want. They make their own rules when they want. They change their rules when they want. Nothing makes sense. But I will give them credit, man. It's almost living in a bizarro world. Somehow, all of this has made perfect sense with Lesnar going into that WWE title match. Reigns going down with COVID. Lesnar winning the Fatal Five Way, Winning the WWE Championship. And WWE already had a ready-made explanation for why Lesnar was put into that match and why he's now on Monday Night Raw. It's because... WWE at the time of the draft opted for Brock Lesnar to not be a part of a brand specifically because, obviously, if he was brand specific to SmackDown, that would upset USA Network or NBC Universal. If he was brand specific to NBC NBC Universal, it would upset Fox. So they let him and allowed him to be a free agent whenever they needed him. Show up on SmackDown do his business on SmackDown, go away for a little bit. They want him on Raw, put him on Raw, do his business, go away for a little bit, right back to SmackDown and vice versa. It's almost as if this is a perfect storm of logic within the Reigns and Lesnar realm. He's a free agent. And just based on that, it gives WWE all the storyline explanation needed for why Lesnar is the champion, why he's going to SmackDown, and why he is on Monday Night Raw. Look at that. Look at that. I'm being positive about Monday Night Raw, man. Somebody take my fucking temperature. Jesse! Uh Jesse at the bar, man. I know you're there, bro. You're talking about fucking tacos. Talking about Thunder Rose and your fucking tacos tacos, man. You'd be lucky if Thunder Rose touches any part of you, bro. Never mind your fucking tacos. Uh do we got a thermometer? Behind the bar. Right. Somebody take my temperature, man. I'm speaking positively about WWE. I don't know. Anyway, Heyman talked about his negotiations and recap what Lesnar did on Saturday. He shifted to talking about the potential challenges in the Fatal 4-Way. He said Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens have to be lumped in together because they are a team. I don't know if that is a uh, seed planted for what's to come, but it looks like WWE may take the easy way out here and pair Rollins and Owens and make them some makeshift tag team, which I am not a big fan of. So he suggested that they ask to be traded to SmackDown because there's a certain tribal chief who is feeling vulnerable right now. The crowd booed. It's a historical fact. I'm going to prove it to you. One week without me as special counsel, Roman Reigns already has COVID. Karma is a bitch, Heyman then proceeded to say. So I immediately jumped on Twitter because anybody that talks about COVID or mentions COVID in a storyline or uses COVID as a vehicle to sell something. People usually get their fucking balls twisted and they become fucking snowflakes in the instant. There were several wrestling accounts, very well-known accounts in the community. Oh, this ain't it. Paul Heyman mentioned COVID to sell a storyline. This isn't it. The fuck isn't it? Your fucking views aren't it. Shut the fuck up. I'm tired of everybody claiming that everything is not it. Tired of everybody claiming that this is offensive or this shouldn't be said. The social media police, they just come out of nowhere. All of a sudden, man, You can't do that. Go fuck yourself, man. You ain't telling me what the fuck I can do on my Twitter or what the fuck I can do on my podcast, man. You know what? I love Paul Heyman mentioning COVID. You want to know why? Because Paul Heyman is a fucking salesman. He's selling you on the continuation of Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns. Paul Heyman is one of the smartest men in the history of this business. You don't think that Paul Heyman... Went to Roman Reigns to get approval on what he was going to say about Roman and COVID and his health in the promo tonight. You don't think Paul Heyman knows what is right and what is wrong? You think Paul Heyman would go out there on national television and say anything close to what is not right? Or something that's going to get him in hot water? You must be fucking new around here. Paul Heyman's promo was masterful, as always, because Paul Heyman is a master at what he does. So when you want to pick apart something that the master is doing, I think you should fucking quit while you're ahead. You fucking pussy-ass snowflakes. I loved it. More of it. More of it on Friday, just to see you fucking cry. I'll be there waiting with my empty cup to drink my fucking tears that I've collected from the fucking community of pussies out there. Heyman shifted to MVP, then said they would pivot away because no one talks about MVP. Nobody gives a shit about MVP. I lol I thought that was hysterical. Heyman and Lesnar then are standing there and they're talking about Bobby Lashley and how Bobby Lashley and Lesnar have never crossed paths. He says they've never shaken hands. They've never said hello to each other. He says it's likely that they are avoiding each other, but that's not true because neither of those two men avoid anything. Heyman talked about what Lashley did to Lesnar on Saturday night. Heyman says he's told Lesnar to his face that it didn't look like Lesnar was going to escape the hurt lock either. He said all of those moves by Lashley... When he hit Lesnar from behind, or when he hit Lesnar from behind, he said it was a whole different story. Or it would be a whole different story if they met face-to-face, one-on-one. He said they have been nothing, or he has nothing bad to say about Big E. He said he is a great champion and the odds on favorite. He says he's a credit to WWE, the company, the audience, and the lineage of the WWE title. Big E is all that and more. He said he'd still be champion if it weren't for Lesnar, but they have nothing but respect for Big E. He said if Big E wins tonight, it will be an honor to witness that match at the Royal Rumble. He said Big E will lose, but it'll be an honor to see him lose to the greatest WWE champion ever. Lesnar put his arm around Heyman, and they made their way to the back. That was a lot. To really digest, man. Heyman set up the main event tonight. He put some guys over, talked about all the competitors in the match, talked about the day one main event. He hyped up Brock Lesnar as being WWE champion. He continued the storyline with Roman Reigns. He sold Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar, potentially meeting at the Royal Rumble, being that that is the one match that Lashley's been asking for for several years now. This was a great opening segment. Anywhere Heyman goes, man, you usually stop what you're doing and you listen to the man speak. Monday Night Raw has not had that type of presence since Heyman and Lesnar specifically were working together when they were there. And it hasn't been seen because Reigns and Heyman have been working exclusively on SmackDown. Monday Night Raw needs more of Lesnar and more of Paul Heyman. And I think it was a great opening segment. Riddle approached Orton in the back. Orton asked where he's been and then said, no, 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 none of this. None of this. Riddle was wearing chains around his neck. He looked like a rapper. Riddle says it was great hanging out with amigos at day one. Riddle talked about becoming a rap group with Orton. Orton held out his hand. Riddle handed over his sunglasses and chain Warren threw them aside. Riddle says he doesn't care about his connections with celebrities. He asked Riddle what happened to their New Year's resolutions. Riddle said they talked about going to the Grand Canyon together. They they talked about going grocery shopping together because they needed some things and also listening to Randy Moore. Randy says they retain their tag team titles on Raw because their name is R.K. Bro. Chad Gable walked to the ring. We were getting a, um, uh, I was going to say American Alpha. I wish... Man, do I miss American Alpha? Jason Jordan and Chad Gable, man. What a fucking tag team, man. They didn't even get started. And they were over before they even began. American Alpha. Loved them. I thought they were great. Now we got the Alpha Academy. And Otis and Chad Gable versus RK Bro in a non title match. This went roughly four minutes. Four minutes. This really wasn't much of anything, but it ended up fucking pissing me, pissing me off as usual because WWE doesn't know how to book their fucking champions. It's the same shit every single fucking week. New year, same old Bruce fucking bullshit as far as creative is concerned. Riddle tried to make a hot tag to Orton. Gable pulled him off the apron. Otis ran over Orton before heading back into the ring. He steamrolled over Orton on the outside. Riddle tried for an RKO on Otis, but Otis countered into a world's strongest slam, and he pinned Matt Riddle, and the Alpha Academy beats the Raw Tag Team Champions. Clean. One, two, three. This is the fucking problem. This is the problem. Not only with WWE, but this is the problem with their tag team division. The RK Broneman ended with the Street Profits and RK Bro. RK Bro just beat the Street Profits Saturday night at day one at the pay-per-view clean. Then they show up on Monday Night Raw and lose a non-title match to the Alpha Academy Because WWE doesn't have any other fucking teams in the division for a competitive division, for a healthy division. They don't have any other teams in the division to put against each other because we've seen every fucking possible combination of matches since the goddamn brand split draft. So now we're left with the Alpha Academy beating RK Bro, who have looked weak. Alpha Academy. Alpha Academy beating RK bro in a non-title match to get a fucking raw tag team title opportunity more than likely at the Royal Rumble. This is what WWE has boiled their tag team division down to. This is why the champions and the championships mean jack shit. This is why your division sucks. Because of situations like this. I'll complain about it every single fucking time. There should be absolutely no reason why your tag team champions, who just won a competitive match Saturday night, show up on Monday night to lose in a non-title match. How does anybody maintain momentum? How does anybody look good? And all because the Alpha Academy have been treated like fucking losers the last four weeks, all because they beat the tag team champions, now they're contenders? WWE needs to fucking fix their goddamn tag team division. I talk about a unification of the universal and the WWE title. Motherfucker, unify those goddamn tag team titles. That is probably more needed than anything else. This shit sucks. I can't stand it. Fucking pains my soul to see champions lose in a non-title match because WWE has no other way To crown a contender for said championship. Yeah, let's beat the champions on national television in a non-title match. That'll do it. The fans don't know any better. They won't question. You know who will? I will. I'll always question. Because it fucking sucks. And it doesn't make any sense. RK-Bro wins. More than likely Alpha Academy getting another tag team title opportunity. We got Sarah Schreiber interviewing MVP and Bobby Lashley. MVP seemed nervous and said the almighty faces a very Herculean task. He walked away. Lashley stared at the camera and said, Brock Lesnar fears me. More than likely, he doesn't fear anything. But Lashley seems to think that Lesnar fears him. No. Nothing scares Brock Lesnar. We got Kevin Patrick... Interviewing Omas. He asked Omas how he feels about Styles, saying he regrets ever taking him under his wing. Omas put his hand up to Patrick's face to stop him from talking. Omas says, That's how I r- react. And then walked away. We go from Omas to Tamina. I don't know why Tamina's is still employed here, but here we are. She probably walked from catering to do this interview. Tamina didn't look amused. She was with Tozawa. And Dana Brooke and Reggie were scheduled To take on Tamina and Tozawa in what was scheduled to be a 24-7 mixed tag team match. Now, I don't have any fucking idea what a 24-7 mixed tag team match is. Apparently, the title was on the line in this match. The 24-7 title was on the line in this match. Now, it really pains me that I have to ask this fucking question How this made it through quality control. And how this made it on the final script of Monday Night Raw. What if. What if. Now this was before the match actually took place. This this is the question I was asking. How is the title on the line? How is the title on the line? In a mixed tag team match. If Tozawa pins Reggie. Does that make him the 24-7 champion? If. Reggie pinned Tozawa. Does that make him the 24-7 champion? I don't know. Does Dana Brooke have to be pinned to lose the 24-7 championship? How can any of the men win the 24-7 championship if Dana Brooke, a woman, can only be in there with Tamina and she can't be in there with the men? These are questions that I'm asking before the bell even rung. But somehow WWE sent these four fucking clowns out there and made this a 24 7 mixed tag team match with the title on the line. I don't know why I have to ask these questions, and yet WWE just seemingly throws anything on television with no rhyme or reason. Two minutes. Dana Brooke and Reggie win in under two minutes. Tamina slapped Tozawa because he accidentally big-booted her in the face while she was standing on the apron. Reggie then did a flipping senton on Tozawa for the win. Absolutely no crowd reaction to any of this. I am signing a petition. Bruce Pritchard. Bruce Pritchard, if you're listening to me, bro. Somebody clip this and send it to Bruce. Uh, Listen, bro. I, I, I have one request for you. You know, uh... You know, you give out opportunities on Monday Night Raw to seemingly the biggest losers on the brand. Sony Deville says, oh, yeah, we don't give opportunities around here yet. Doe lost to Bianca Belair, not once, not twice, but three weeks in a row. But we give out opportunities to losers, right? Losers can demand opportunities and get them. Here's my fucking demand. But I'm not a loser. Burn The 24-7 title. Nobody, and I mean absolutely nobody that watches this wretched program, wants to see that shit on my television. It makes the show somehow worse than it already is. And I don't want to see Dana Brooke, Reggie, Tamina, or Tozawa dressed up as a fucking ninja, stereotyping him, where's everybody calling that out by WWE standards? Nobody wants to see it. Burn the fucking title. Give me the fucking remains. I'll set the rest on fire right outside my fucking home. I'll film it for social media. And then I'll film myself running the fucking shit over with my fucking car. I could use a nice viral video for 2022. Becky Lynch, somehow we're getting worse as the show goes on. Becky Lynch is out there, fans are booing. I don't know whether to boo, to cheer, to walk away, go walk the dog, go fucking scoop cat litter, go take a fucking shower, go find a snack in the kitchen, make myself a cup of coffee. I don't know what I should do when Becky Lynch is on TV, man. More than likely, I end up muting the television because her fucking voice makes my ears bleed. Becky Lynch is out there. She talked about it being 2022. She said there's something about the new year that inspires so much hope in people. Oh, yeah? Clearly, it did not inspire the writing team to write a good show for the first show of the year. Clearly. Where's that hope, Bruce? Do you have any? I don't think so. She said it doesn't matter how much you failed in the past. New year, new you, huh? She said all those women in the back have at the top of their New Year's resolutions to become the Raw Women's Champion. That's a very short list of women, Becky. That roster is looking incredibly weak. She said her resolution is to remain the Raw Women's Champion. She said she is the stasius of the division, and they cannot beat her. I don't know. She said that she hasn't yet reflected on her prior year yet. She said she realizes she has become a work of art. She said if you go to a museum, then added, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you people do that. You might not understand all of the nuances and complexities, but you look at it in awe and it makes you feel, she said. You know, she said that she is a work of art. This entire fucking character is not a work of art. This segment wasn't a work of art. This show is not a work of art. You know what a work of art is? The fucking intro to this podcast, man. That's a work of art. Designed and developed by a group of talented individuals, man. A work of art is not Becky Lynch. Seriously. She talks about going to museums. Do wrestling fans even know what a fucking museum is? Probably not. She said, fine art also reveals the truth. She calls herself WWE's Vincent Van Goat. You know, at this point, man, I'm just, I'm like, get this fucking, get this bitch off television. Seriously, get, get this woman off of television, man. She is absolutely the most cringiest of characters in the entire company. Seriously, she sucks. She told the crowd that they're not going to lose that last 10 pounds or get that job promotion they've been looking for, and they're not going to get out of South Carolina any more than the women in the back are going to finally win the Royal Women's title. She said Liv failed on the very first day of the new year, breaking her promise to herself and all of the fans. Liv Morgan then comes out. She has new theme music because I don't know what the fuck was wrong with her old theme music. Now she has theme music that fits her character and her losing streak. Lame. She got new music that identifies as nothing. It's unidentifiable. Just like WWE does to all of their superstars. Liv Morgan's music was identifiable when I heard the first couple of notes. Now, I can't tell it from fucking Dana Brooks' theme music. Who gives a shit? One of WWE's glaring problems. They got people writing their fucking wrestler themes that don't know what the fuck they're doing, man. They have taken so much identity away from every everybody on that roster via their theme music that nobody feels important. They have lost track. They have lost sight of how important theme music is to the people that perform on their shows. I can't tell these theme musics apart. I can't. The only one that is recognizable is Roman Reigns. And Shinsuke Nakamura, being that he still has his old NXT theme. Everybody's theme is fucking atrocious. Trash. Now you can add Liv Morgan's name to that list. Liv comes out. She told Becky she doesn't like her new jacket. Maybe she should go uh, talk to Aiko on NXT. He's got some great jackets, right? With jacket time. (laughs) Jacket time on Tuesday night. He's got a whole fucking slew of jackets. She doesn't like her new jacket. She told no one is harder on herself than she is. She said Becky knows just how close she was to winning the title on Saturday. Liv, honey, let me tell you something. I love you. I do. I'm a fan. You were close to winning the championship. Close to winning the championship means you are a loser. You lost. Doesn't matter how close you came. You ended up being a loser. So please spare me the fucking boo-hoo. Oh, my God. I came close. No, you didn't. You had a great match. But when I read the Daily News box score, I see Liv Morgan losing. Becky Lynch defeats Liv Morgan. So she came close. Becky said she got one thing wrong, though. As Liv entered the ring, she told Becky she got one more thing wrong. She said she vowed to herself to give it her all every time she got the chance to step into the ring. And that's exactly what I did at day one. Becky said, Yeah, that's lovely and all. She said one day she might win the title, but only after she retires. She said, "There's only one big time, and it sure as hell ain't Liv Morgan." Bianca Belair then comes out and she dances herself down the aisle. Belair said she is sick and tired of hearing Becky come out there week after week after week saying she's untouchable. I'm fucking untouchable, man. Nobody does a live stream like I do, man. With the production value is me. If you want to start throwing that word around, you should be start. You should start really mentioning my name, not Becky Lynch. Anyway, L.S. said she's sick and tired of hearing Becky Lynch saying she's untouchable. She said she is not buying the hype. She said she doesn't trust her as far as she can throw her, but that that doesn't make sense because L.S. said she could throw Becky Lynch pretty damn far. She said she took a detour with Doudrop. Drop, And stepped aside graciously. And she is right back in line for Big Time Cringe. Becky said the two of them have fallen victim to her routine. Beat, sleep, repeat. Oh, now we're stealing Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman catchphrases. That's great. That's great. Can we be original, Becky? I don't think there's a uh, original bone in Becky Lynch's body. She's stealing Conor McGregor's shtick. Now she's stealing Heyman's shtick, right? Give me a break. She said they can get together and form a support group for people who almost beat her but have come up short. She said it already exists. It's called the Women's Locker Room. It's a great way to put over your Women's Locker Room, Becky. It's a great way to support women's wrestling in WWE by burying everybody else. So Liv was uh, mocking, laughing, and she asked what she'd know about being in the locker room. You haven't been in the locker room for years. Belair told Liv that she has a little score to settle with Becky that long predates hers with Becky Lynch. Becky says they should go settle their issue and decide who it's going to be and then let her know later. They both kicked Becky and threw her out of the ring. Belair and Liv then turned to each other and fought. Belair set up the KOD. Becky hit Belair from behind. She set up the KOD on Liv Morgan, but Becky hit Belair from behind She then gave a Belair, she then gave Belair a one-arm slam or the, uh, what does she call it? The manhandle slam. Liv Morgan got thrown to the outside. Her music played and she left the ring with her Raw Women's Championship. So Liv Morgan, a loser on Saturday night, shows up on Monday, still can't cut a promo. And then she ended up getting her ass handed to her by Becky Lynch once again. And Bianca Belair got her ass handed to herself as well. It's great. It's great. Becky Lynch loves burying the rest of the Raw women's locker room. Awesome. I don't know who's worse nowadays, Charlotte or Becky Lynch. It is very difficult to fucking tell either one of them apart. This segment was trash. And I'll get into why. I'm not going to get into it now. I'll get into why in just a little bit. Because DoDrop asked for a title opportunity And that just set me off big time. So we'll go over that in just a second. Kevin Owens walked up to Seth Rollins very enthusiastically. Seth asks what they should do about Paul Heyman. He says that they should staple his lips shut, rip his tongue out of his mouth. Which one should we do? He said he considered castration, but I don't think he uses it much anyway. Ha 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 ha. K.O. voted for staples, but... Said they can figure it out later. He says they need to devise a strategy for tonight. He said they're back to the original issue going into day one with Lashley and Big E as obstacles. Kevin Owens suggested they stick to their plan of winning together. He said it doesn't matter which one of them wins. And the person who doesn't win helps the winner beat Lesnar. And then they face each other at WrestleMania. Sounds like a huge match. Seth says he loves it. Called it a great plan. He says they can trust each other. Seth then said I trust you. Seth patted KO on the shoulder, walked away. Kevin Owens questioned. You're not lying about that, are you? I don't know what they're doing with Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, but I have a feeling they're going to make them a makeshift tag team because WWE doesn't know what else to do with two guys like Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, and then they they end up pairing them together because there's nothing for them creatively. They'll get bored, and WWE's like, let's make them a team. Because Matt Riddle and Randy Orton aren't going to be be together for too much longer. Let's make them a team. Give me a break. Rhea Ripley. Good old Rhea Ripley, man. The biggest loser of the women's locker room has entered the chat. Rhea Ripley. And Nikki Trash. T-R-A-S-H. They made their way to the ring for a tag team title match with... Carmella and Queen Zelina, I heard legitimate fucking crickets. It's not the summertime. Crickets really aren't out and about nowadays, man. It's fucking 30 degrees. It's cold. It's snowy in New York City, right? I'm hearing fucking crickets outside, man, because Rhea Ripley and Nikki T-R-A-S-H have entered the room. This match was a complete waste of time. Remember when I asked Bruce about burning the fucking 24-7 title? Can we do that with the women's tag team titles as well? I've never seen a more worthless set of titles in my entire 30-plus years watching WWE television. Get rid of them. There are no tag teams. Why are we giving token championships to fucking undeserving performers? There's no division. What is the point of having women's tag team championships? Spoggles my mind. Carmella and Vega win in about three minutes because that's the going rate of these matches nowadays on Monday Night Raw. If you're not in the main event, you get three minutes. You get three minutes. You get three minutes. It's the fucking going rate on Raw. Three-minute matches. Ripley was in briefly at the beginning. Tagged in Nikki T-R-A-S-H. Nikki lifted Vega on her shoulders. Vega slipped free. Rolled her up for a leverage. One, two, three. Ripley looked upset with Nikki for letting the team down again. Nikki stood there and tried to explain what happened. But Rhea... Maria, I'm a loser. Please, I wear butterflies on my fucking wrestling gear. I wear a mask. I'm a comic book fucking moron. I'm a loser. I don't even know what I'm doing here. They called me up and changed my name because Karrion Cross was on the main roster and they gave me a fucking butterfly mask. Please, please don't be angry with me. Rhea Ripley is beyond repair. I won't be surprised if Rhea Ripley ends up on Nick Khan's cut list. I really don't. It's unbelievable, man. It really is unbelievable. You know, you know what Rhea Ripley reminds me of. You know what Rhea Ripley reminds me of, man. When I'm listening to my tunes on Spotify in the in the stang, right? Got the windows down. I got my cold beverage in the fucking cup holder, right? I got the windows down. Beautiful day. And then I got Exodus, or Testament. Let's use Testament. Testament's one of my favorite thrash metal bands of all time, man. We got Testament, Disciples of the Watch, coming on, right? And I'm jamming out, Alex Skolnick's fucking shredding the guitar solo, right? And then when that song is over, the next song that comes on is Metallica and something from the album Load. Instant skip. I hit my fucking dash, my touch screen, skip, and then a song from Metallica's "St. Anger" comes on. Skip. That's Rhea Ripley to me, and then right back to Testament. Man, give me some practice. What you preach, jamming out. Rhea Ripley is fucking garbage. There's a reason why they paired her with Nikki T R A S H because. Trash is exactly what Rhea Ripley is. Beyond repair, dead. I don't know if anything can save Rhea Ripley. He'll turn a Royal Rumble victory. I don't give a fuck. You ruined her so much with this pairing that I don't give a shit what she does. I really don't. I don't give a shit what she does. Get rid of her. Uh, the Street Profits, they made their way to the ring, and uh, shout out to Bianca Belair because she designed the Street Profits gear at day one, and I think that was the best looking gear that the Street Profits have had so far. I think it looks great. They were backstage, and they were interviewed with uh, Kevin Smith, or no, what's his name, Kevin Patrick, or one of those guys backstage, I don't know. So we got these guys, and they're interviewed, and then they say that they're throwing their names in the hat, and they officially declare themselves for the Royal Rumble. Angelo Dawkins says it's every man for himself, and Montez says that they will be in the Royal Rumble match on January 29th. Um, You know, I appreciate WWE announcing Royal Rumble participants early. I do. But the thing is, we got... Angelo Dawkins, Montez Ford, Rey Mysterio, and Dominic Mysterio on this show announcing that they're going to be in the Royal Rumble. None of these four men are going to win the Royal Rumble. I always had a problem with WWE's overloaded roster. WWE has the opportunity to fill that ring with 30 fucking people There should be 30 fucking people that legitimately could win that match. Angelo Dawkins is a waste of a spot because Angelo Dawkins is never winning the Royal Rumble and never going on to WrestleMania to main event the fucking show. So why is he even there? Why do they allow nothing tag team wrestlers in the Royal Rumble? I never understood that. I never understood that. That spot should go to somebody in NXT, man. You should fill the Royal Rumble with believable fucking men that you got and give me a Braun breaker. Give me a Pete Dunne. Give me a Tommaso Ciampa. Give me a Tony D in the Royal Rumble. What are we doing? There's more than enough for you to fill that fucking Royal Rumble. You don't need to add Angelo fucking Dawkins or Dominic Mysterio to the Royal Rumble. Give me a break. It's a waste of a fucking Royal Rumble spot. Filler. One thing I hate about the Royal Rumble, it's fucking filler spots. Three profits. Two minutes. This was less than three minutes. I guess they didn't get the going rate on Monday Night Raw. Two minutes. They beat Commander Aziz. And Apollo Cruz. When was the last time Apollo Cruz won a match? Does anybody know? Anybody in the venue know? Uh, Apollo Cruz is back in the kitchen. Oh, he's in the freezer. All right. Yeah, that's where he's been, right? Man, tell him that freezer is fucking organized, man. I walked in there the other day. Man, that, that shit looks fucking great, man. Holy shit, he even fucking cleaned it in there, man. I know it was a little dingy. He cleaned it fucking immaculate. Hey, he's better off doing that than fucking wrestling, I know. We'll pay him better over here, too. It's a more fun environment over here. It's fucking guy. What does Apollo Cruz want a fucking match, man? I can't remember. Profits win in two minutes. Angelo Dawkins and Mr. Montez Ford take care of Apollo and Commander Aziz. Montez with a sky-high frog splash. That was it. His last win was at WrestleMania last year in that Nigerian drum match. The chat says, Jesus fucking Christ, man you don't think Apollo Crews is going to end up on Nick Conman's cut list, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Tag team division is so weak that they got Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz now as a makeshift tag team. It's great. It's awesome. Sarah Schreiber interviewed Damian Priest about this unique situation tonight. Unique it was not. Priest says it's not champion's advantage tonight. If Damian Priest gets counted out or DQ'd, he loses the United States Championship, man. Wow. Wow, what a a creative idea. Bruce, did it it take you long to come up with that idea, bro? Wow, what were you doing on Sunday afternoon, man, that you called Vince at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Ah, I got this great idea, Vince. Talking about the stipulation. He said if he keeps his cool, calm... And collected side, he'll win. He said he'll also win if Damian Priest comes out and has that bad side as well. Either way, either side, Damian Priest remains United States champion. Backstage, we got Doe Drop. You know, Doe Drop. She barged in on Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville. She took issue with Bianca Belair and Liv Morgan wanting another title opportunity. She said she didn't want to be left out. Pierce asks respectfully why DoDrop was yelling at them. DoDrop then drops this gem. Listen to this. DoDrop said she is tired. And everybody is tired of seeing the same women get chance after chance after chance at the title and demanded that she gets her first chance at the Monday Night Raw Women's Championship. Folks, let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. L- ask you something. F- first of all, After she said that, Jim, Sonia DeVille told her to take a deep breath and relax and said that they do not just give out opportunities to competitors. They don't give opportunities to title matches to anybody on the roster. Meanwhile, DoDrop just got an opportunity at the Royal Women's Championship after Sonia DeVille just said that they don't hand out opportunities for title matches on their show. Who writes this shit? You just told me that you don't give out title opportunities to people randomly. But then here you are randomly handing out a title shot to fucking Drop, Who, by the way, I'm not sure if you guys are aware. Because, I mean, let's be real. Who the fuck watches this show? I have to, unfortunately. Drop wants an opportunity. She wants her first chance. She's tired of not getting an opportunity. Well, listen, Honey. I don't know what to tell you. I'm tired of seeing you on my television lose. You lost in your first match to Bianca Belair. You lost in your second match to Bianca Belair. And then you lost your third match to Bianca Belair. I don't know if Drop has a brain rolling around in her head. But what I think is I don't know how you could lose once, twice, three times. To Bianca Belair, and then have the fucking balls to go and storm in there and ask Adam Pearce and Sony Deville for a fucking title match. You are a loser. What makes you think you deserve a fucking title match? I don't get it. And Sony Deville says, "Oh, we just don't hand out title matches to anybody on this show." I don't know what the fuck you've been doing the last three weeks, Miss DeVille. But if you watched the fucking show, you would have seen the person talking to you demanding a title shot lost her last three matches. So by my calculations, how does that warrant a fucking title opportunity? And then people want to know why I shit on the show every fucking week. It's because you are being treated like a fucking retard and you are okay with it. I don't know what to tell you. Don't know what to tell you. And then the funny thing is, the funny thing is, WWE had Becky Lynch in the earlier segment take out Bianca Belair, take out Liv Morgan, right? They were supposed to battle it out to challenge Becky Lynch. But then Doe drop comes in and asks for a title match, and she gets a match with Bianca Belair and Liv Morgan. Triple threat match next week. The winner gets Becky Lynch at the Royal Rumble. So again, Bruce, and you creative fucking geeks in creative, why did Becky Lynch need to destroy both Liv Morgan and Bianca Belair if you were only going to give Liv Morgan and Bianca Belair with drop? A fucking title match based off Doe Drop's request. Did we really need to see Liv Morgan get bodied again after she lost clean as a whistle on Saturday night to Becky Lynch? Did we really need to see Bianca Belair taken out after she's accumulated some consistency and some momentum beating Doe Drop three weeks in a row? I mean, nothing adds up here. Nobody looks good here. Nothing makes sense here. You look like a fucking moron. A blithering idiot. I, I don't care. I'm a Liv Morgan fan. I love Bianca Belair. JD is negative. That's why my IQ surpasses everybody in the fucking community because nobody's raising this type of awareness. Continue to swing from my nutsack, IWC. Fuck off. Start asking questions and start demanding better. Start demanding logic. Because that's what I do and thrive in. That's why I'm successful here. And that's why... I have the number one fucking live stream in the entire community because you're not going to get this quality of content somewhere else. Damien Priest versus Dolph Ziggler. They got nine minutes. They got nine minutes. This match wasn't bad, but I mean, you're asking me to care about a Dolph Ziggler match with Damien Priest that we've seen three different fucking times before. You know, Damien Priest has this fucking gimmick, which is clearly a Vince McMahon initiative. where he turns into Lou Rigno. here, he turns into the Incredible Hulk. You know, all of a sudden he turns into Festus when he wants to flip the switch. He turns into an angry Damien Priest. Right? Turns all angry. Like Beth Phoenix at day one. He turns into a fucking zombie from Resident Evil on day one. Like, what's with this forced bullshit? Damien Priest is cool. Damien Priest is a ladies' man. Damien Priest likes to enjoy the nightlife and a cold beverage. You're turning Damien Priest into a fucking joke. I don't get it. He beat Ziggler in nine minutes. Wasn't bad. But please, ask me why I should care about Damien Priest and Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler hit a tornado DDT off the barricade, which led to a break. One minute into the match, we got a commercial break. So please ask me how I should fucking care about this match when one minute in, we got a commercial break for four minutes, and then we get five minutes of TV match. Don't know how I'm supposed to care, but here we are. Priest fought back after the break. Ziggler came back with a running knee strike for two. Priest came back with some kicks and a big DDT of his own for two count. Ziggler had the referee distracted, which allowed Bobby Roode to drop Priest from the top rope. Ziggler followed with a famous error for a near fall. Priest decked Ziggler with a, uh, a right hand, I, I guess. For going after Rude, he was about to attack Bobby Rude with the steel chair. Entered the ring at a nine count, so he didn't get counted out. Ziggler then got on his knees and prayed for Damian Priest to hit him. Priest was about to use the chair, but he threw it at Bobby Rude instead. Ziggler used this moment of distraction to hit a zigzag for a near fall. Ziggler tried to superkick Priest, but Priest countered into the reckoning for the one, two, three, and that was it. Damian Priest retains the United States Championship. You know, I got one request here, Bruce. I got another demand, Bruce. I got another demand, bro. You know, Damian Priest hasn't been pinned. In one-on-one action since he's been the United States champion, which is fucking mind-boggling seeing that they've beaten every other champion on this show. You know what we need to start doing, Bruce? We need to start building some legit, credible threats for Damian Priest so that he may have a challenge and a meaningful storyline and a meaningful title feud going into WrestleMania. Let's start building somebody up because Damian Priest has been one of the better protected superstars on the brand. Here's an idea. How about Austin Theory? How about Austin Theory take the United States Championship from Damian Priest and then we move Damian Priest on into the main event scene? That's what I think should happen. Will WWE do that? I don't know. I don't know. But we need to start finding better opponents and more meaningful feuds for Damian Priest who hasn't been pinned as the United States champion. Speaking of Austin Theory, he rolled into Vince McMahon's office. Vince McMahon was on his cell phone, probably talking to Bruce. Vince was upset. Theory apologized. The offer to leave. McMahon says, when people say they're sorry, it's a sign of weakness. Theory asked about his rematch with Finn Balor. McMahon said, well, you lost to the guy. What do you want? Then you made it up. And then some." Vince liked that he attacked Finn Balor from behind. Theory said McMahon taught him to expect the unexpected. They sat down, they chatted. Theory was eager to what Vince McMahon was telling him, listening very intently. He told Theory that he is entered, Vince did, in the Royal Rumble, giving him a path to the WrestleMania main event. Theory sat there at a loss for words. Austin Theory is going to have a very good Royal Rumble. That's the type of match that you need to give Theory, not necessarily win the Royal Rumble, but have a great showing. You know, talk about the Iron Man in the Royal Rumble. Who's going to be the guy that's going to go the distance in the Royal Rumble? That spot is tailor-made for somebody like Austin Theory. Let's check the chat. We got 2,600. We just hit 2,600 Live viewers here in the venue for the Monday Night Raw post show, man. I appreciate you guys very, very much. Continue to get those super chats in. Continue to get them in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. Hit that thumbs up, man. We got 921 likes. I got 2,600 people in the venue, man. There should be at least 1,200 likes on the live stream. If you guys are in the chat and have not hit the thumbs up, man, I don't know what you're waiting for. If you're not entertained tonight, I don't even know what the fuck you're doing here. I've been on a roll tonight, man. I've been on fire. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. If you guys have not, hit the subscribe button as well. Please do so. Hit that join button. Become a member. Become a VIP. Sit back there with me. With a cold beverage. No smoking allowed. If you want to smoke, go outside. Bob the fucking homeless bum behind the venue, man. sits by the dumpster out there. Go smoking in, man. He'll have a fucking thousand and one stories to tell you. Hit that join button, man. You guys become VIPs. Get those custom emotes and that VIP badge next to your name, man. So hit that join button. Become a VIP right here on Off the Script. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Honey. Tonight's show is sponsored by Honey. We all shop online. And we've all seen that promo code field taunting us. Like WWE taunts us with terrible creative. But thanks to Honey Manually, searching for coupon codes is now a thing of the past. Honey is a free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your car. Honey also supports over 30,000 stores online. They range from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. Imagine you're shopping online on one of your favorite sites. When you go to check out, the Honey button will drop down and all you have to do is click apply coupons wait a few seconds honey's gonna search for coupons that it finds for that site and if honey finds a working coupon you guys are gonna watch the prices drop now i use honey all the time and it's free you download it it sits in your web browser you see this chair that i'm sitting in right now my beautiful new razor gaming chair where do, you, where do you think I got it, man? I got it at one of my favorite sites, and I used Honey to save some money on this thing because I need to sit comfortably to do the live streams for you guys every night, man. How do you think I got it, Honey? Worked wonders. Honey has found over 17 million members, over $2 billion. Yes, billion dollars in savings. If you don't already have Honey, you could try to be missing out. On free savings, it literally is free It installs in seconds And by getting it, you'll be doing Yourself a favor and you'll be doing This podcast a favor Because you'll be actively supporting Off The Script Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com Slash Off The Script That's joinhoney.com Slash Off The Script And I want to thank them for once again being a great partner For all of 2022 Right here on OTS Miz and Maurice. We got more cringe from the it couple. They came out and they were in the middle of the ring. They were about to continue this feud with Edge and the Glamazon, Beth Phoenix. Said Edge was a one-time Grand Slam champion. Maurice corrected Miz's attempts at French. He tried to speak French. It came off very cringe. His segment was very cringe. He says he could see a look of defeat in Edge's eyes on Saturday night of day one. The look of a young boy asking for his mommy, or in Edge's case, his wife. I was going to lay Edge to rest. And then his wife showed up. He said Edge hid behind his wife. What kind of man does that? Ha ha ha. The guy talking does that. He said Edge doesn't deserve their respect. Maurice looked into Edge's eyes and says that he's a brave Well, that he is brave, and that's why she married him. She said if Phoenix shows up tonight, she'd punch her right in the face. So obviously, Beth Phoenix's music hits. She doesn't do the (laughs) what she did on day one. She didn't make any snarling and she didn't really, uh, wave her tongue about in a, in a very fierce manner, a very forced manner, <laughs> whatever the fuck she did outside, at day one on Saturday night. So she comes out and she stands there. She stands there. Edge did most of the talking Edge told Miz, most people would take the L and move on. He said he knew Miz would come out and make every excuse in the book about his loss. He said he might have blamed the Cleveland Browns for losing or the deuce he dropped in his shorts when he learned that Beth Phoenix was coming down to the ring on Saturday night. He says he doesn't ask Beth to fight his battles. Beth then said and chimed "Then what happened at day one was all her idea. Ed says that they're just crazy enough to give Miz what he wants. He suggested that they face off in a mixed tag team match at the Royal Rumble. Fans were chanting, yes. Miz went on about Beth and Edge, and then said, yes, we accept. Maurice didn't like this idea and yelled at Miz. Beth wound up a fist. She faked punching Maurice in the face, and Maurice fell backwards. It's amazing, man. Beth Phoenix quit the NXT commentary team for a subpar feud with Mike Mazzanin and his beautiful wife that clearly cannot wrestle. It's great. Uh listen. The match at day 1 was a fucking snooze fest. This is well beneath Edge's ability and skill set. Miz is the one guy on the roster that has absolutely no problem putting anybody to sleep. All of his matches are the same. His offense is fucking horrendous. It is boring. He's the safest wrestler in all of professional wrestling, and it shows, and it shows in his body of work, this has not been a good feud. They are absolutely running on fumes, and this thing is only four weeks in. So how exactly am I supposed to generate interest for Miz and Edge? Why? Because Beth Phoenix is now included? Who gives a shit? Who gives a fuck? This is what, this is what you got. For Beth Phoenix and her grand return to WWE. The one thing I will say about this, I'm glad WWE is getting this out of the way now. That match on day one was fucking terrible. They're going to sell this for another five weeks till the Royal Rumble. We're going to get the mixed tag team match. And that's the best thing that WWE could have possibly done. Give it to me at the Royal Rumble. Get through it. Get rid of it. Move on, and then after the Rumble, Edge could be moved on into something a little bit more important at WrestleMania. Thank the fucking gods. As fast as they move on from this, the better Edge will be, the better I will be, the better you will be, and the better WrestleMania will be because, God forbid, this fucking shit continues on into WrestleMania. Kevin Patrick interviewed Big E. He said... Being WWE champion meant a lot to him. And it meant a lot to a lot of people out there as well. Too bad WWE didn't feel the same. He said, there is no shame in losing to Brock Lesnar. What we don't do is get kicked and stay down or wallow in self-pity. What we do is make sure our next chapter is our best chapter. He said, tonight, he starts his path back to reclaiming what is his. He said, he'll be damned if there's a soul on earth who can stop me. You know, WWE had Brock Lesnar pin Big E clean after 1F5 at day one. Why do you think that is, ladies and gentlemen? Because that's exactly what WWE thinks of Big E. That's exactly what WWE thinks of Big E. Why did they take the WWE title off of Big E for Brock Lesnar? It's exactly what they think of Big E and his title ring. It is looked at as a fucking failure. He had one of the worst title reigns of the modern era. Stop making excuses for why Big E got robbed. He didn't get robbed. WWE robbed him. They rob all their baby faces of a successful world championship run. Big E is no different. He is a victim of terrible creative. And he didn't really do much with the title anyway. He didn't enhance the title. He didn't really... Get enhanced by the title. The ratings were a fucking fail with him as champion. House show ticket sales were a fucking disaster with him as champion. Nobody came out to watch Big E as WWE champion. So if everybody claiming that WWE took the championship off of him for a specific reason, to give it to Brock Lesnar, you need to start looking at the analytics as to why Big E was a failure. He's a great superstar. But it all starts for when WWE gave him the championship. Instead of building him up as a legit fucking main event guy, they continued to give Big E loss after loss after loss after loss and paraded him around as a pretend main event guy. But WWE never pretended, you know, he was or never made him, I should say. They pretended that he was a world champion, but they never made him into a world-class WWE champion. They never put him on the same level as Reigns. And him losing to Lesnar after 1F5? That's all I need to know what WWE thinks of Big E. AJ Styles. Versus. Oh my! How long did this match go? Five minutes. So they got. The three minutes plus two. Omos wins in five minutes. The great Khali 2.0 beat AJ Styles. It's unbelievable. Is anybody happy about this? I'm surprised they gave us the fucking match. I actually thought Grayson Waller of NXT was going to come out and cost AJ Styles this match. No sign of Grayson Waller. Don't know what AJ Styles is doing with Grayson Waller on NXT television. I thought they were building to a match tomorrow night at New Year's Evil, which I will be live for on the channel. AJ got squashed. AJ legitimately got squashed by Omos. He went after Omos's leg. On the outside. Back in the ring, Omos gave him a big boot. Styles just fell down after the big boot. Omos went after Styles in the corner. He whipped Styles across the ring. Styles collapsed and hit the ring post under the bottom turnbuckle, hitting the steel post, rolling to the outside. Styles slipped free for a moment, rocked Omos briefly with a forearm. Back in the ring, Omos lifted him onto his shoulders. Styles slipped free again. Set up for a phenomenal forearm. He went for it, but Omos grabbed him by the throat. Styles dropped down, knocked Omos' throat first over the top rope, went back up for the phenomenal forearm, leapt at Omos. Omos chopped him out of midair. Omos then lifted Styles, dropped him down with what is probably the worst finisher I've ever seen, and then pinned him one, two, three. Crowd didn't give a shit. Crowd's not emotionally invested. Nobody gave a shit. The fucking video package that WWE gave us before this match was better than the actual match. But that goes to WWE's production team, which is great. Nobody was invested. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody gives a fuck about Omos. So what exactly are you doing here? What are you doing here? I could absolutely now hear me out on this, man. I was thinking about this. Omos is clearly getting a singles push, right? Omos is clearly getting a singles push. I don't know what this means for Styles. I really don't. If it's up to me, I'm booking Edge versus Styles at WrestleMania. That's what I'm doing. That's the match I want to see. Either that or Edge versus Owens. One or the other. I would rather Styles, though. Omos squashed one of the best pro wrestlers, not only in WWE, but in the world. Bill Goldberg has one more match left. Bill Goldberg has one more match to his WWE deal. Now, instead of doing the generic Roman Reigns versus Bill Goldberg match in between WrestleMania and the Royal Rumble, which you all know Vince wants to do anyway because he never got it when he wanted to do it, I could absolutely see Bill Goldberg being brought in to put Omos over. I could see them doing that match in Saudi or that being Bill Goldberg's WrestleMania match. Omos versus Bill Goldberg at WrestleMania. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? What is Omos going to do at WrestleMania? What? You're going to put him in the ring against two. What I'm fearing is that Omos actually wins the fucking Royal Rumble. Who's going to eliminate Omos in the Royal Rumble? It's got to be someone of equal size. Maybe Walter. Maybe. But Omos is going into the Royal Rumble, and you know WWE is going to give him the record for eliminations. They're going to try and produce a forced Omos push that nobody right now even believes in. Nobody wants it. Nobody believes in it. Nobody gives a fuck about it. So why are you trying so hard? I genuinely could not stand Braun Strowman. But Braun Strowman is infinitely more talented and more charismatic than fucking Kali 2.0 here. What are we doing? This all seems like a waste of fucking time. A waste of time. I gave myself fucking the worst kind of chills even thinking about a Bill Goldberg-Omas match at WrestleMania. I'm sorry for yielding or wielding this into existence. I'm sorry I put that out there in the universe. Main event time. Big E, Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Fatal Fourway, winner. Challenges Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble for the WWE title. Before they actually got to the match, we saw a clip air on Raw of Charlotte destroying Lily, the doll. It gave me fucking nightmares. They said that they haven't seen Alexa Bliss since Lily the Doll was ripped up by Charlotte Flair. They hyped up next week that they would show Alexa Bliss' journey back to Raw. Oh, joy. Oh, joy. I can't wait to see Alexa Bliss back on Raw because that's exactly what the fucking women's division needs. More untalented trash. Great. Here I am. I wanted Oscar. Fuck me. Main event. Fatal four-way winner challenges Brock Lesnar. This got 18 minutes, folks. Wow. Wow. That's a lot more than the fucking time allotted to everything else on this show, which was three minutes. This was eight minutes longer. Actually, Actually, this was 10 minutes longer than the fatal five-way. Saturday night with Brock Lesnar. This was very good. Easily the best thing on the show. So, we go right to commercial break. Quickly. Crowd was chanting for Bobby. Sprinted towards Owens for a spear on the outside. Owens moved. Lashley crashed with a barricade the timekeeper's area. He did that on Saturday night as he speared Brock Lesnar through the timekeeper's area. Biggie suplexed Rollins on the mats before clearing the announce table. Owens saved Rollins... Owens and Rollins gave Biggie a powerbomb, very S.H.I.E.L.D.-esque powerbomb through the commentary table. Commercial break. Owens and Rollins continued to team up on Lashley and Biggie. Biggie gave Rollins an STO or a uh, Yorinagi. Either one, STO is the proper name for it, but it is what it is. Ran into Owens, superkick Lashley, decked Owens down to the mat. Biggie and Lashley gave each other a look and decided to go after Owens and Rollins. Biggie and Lashley chased them through the crowd up the stairs into the arena concourse. Biggie slammed Owens through a merch table. Another commercial break. Rollins, Biggie, and Lashley continued to fight in the crowd near the entryway until Owens pulls his best Jeff Hardy impersonation, crashed through all of them by jumping off the concourse ledge down below with a senton. So, Owens gave Biggie a senton Rollins followed with a frog splash. We're back in the ring now. Owens actually didn't break up the cover, and watch as Rollins got a near fall. They both hit super kicks, and Owens hit a pop-up power bomb, but Lashley pushed Rollins into them to break up the cover. Lashley tossed around Owens and Rollins, but Rollins pushed Biggie into a Lashley spear. Lashley also speared Rollins. Owens tried a stunner, but Lashley blocked it. Hit his spear and pinned Kevin Owens to win the match. One, two, three. Bobby Lashley wins. He's the number one contender for the WWE title. It is now Lashley versus Lesnar, confirmed official for the Royal Rumble. Lashley was all smiles, man. You you, you just seen and felt how happy Bobby Lashley was for the opportunity to wrestle Brock Lesnar. He's been asking for this match for years, man. And like I said at the top, this is legitimately... One of the biggest matches right now that WWE could still possibly do. There aren't many. There really aren't any. Honestly. Lesnar-Lashley, Lesnar-Walter, Lesnar-Riddle, maybe. Right? I'd love to see walter Reigns. There's really no major match. Reigns-Rock, that's self-explanatory. There really isn't any major matches left in WWE. We're getting one of them at the Royal Rumble. Does Lashley win the WWE championship? Maybe. Paul Heyman definitely could have a say in that. He could fuck over Brock Lesnar and do what he was scheduled to do at day one in the match with Reigns, but in this match with Lashley and Lesnar. Lesnar could be so angry, go into the Royal Rumble, win the Royal Rumble, challenge Roman Reigns. Get back at Paul Heyman, get the title shot against Reigns at WrestleMania. Brock Lesnar could win the match. And we could get a unification match between Lesnar and Reigns at WrestleMania. That would be the more unlikely of the choices WWE goes with. But that is what I think is the best choice in this situation. I do. But we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. I would really like to see WWE go outside their comfort zone. I really would. Have Lesnar retain the championship. Roman Reigns and Lesnar go into WrestleMania as both world champions. Have a Royal Rumble winner. Have an Elimination Chamber winner. Schedule your matches for night one of WrestleMania and set it up as a unification night. The winners of both of those matches challenge each other on night two of WrestleMania. And it ends up being Lesnar and Reigns... Universal champion versus WWE champion, winner-take-all, unification match, night two, main event of WrestleMania. That's what I would do. I don't know about you guys, but that's exactly what I would do. But Monday Night Raw, man. It was all waiting to see Lashley and Lesnar get their match, and that's exactly what happened. Other than that, the show was a complete and utter fucking failure, as usual. The more things change, the more they stay the same. WWE continues to produce terrible television. On the net, Raw is just genuinely fucking awful. And I love, I thrive sitting here every week, cutting it down, making everybody look fucking stupid, making the writers look stupid, making the community who fucking supports this steaming pile of fucking garbage look stupid. I love it. I absolutely love it, man. I live for it. Makes me sleep easy at night. Anyway. I hope you guys enjoyed, man. Continue to hit that thumbs up. We got 1,061 likes. 1,200 is the goal, man. If you're in the chat and have not hit the thumbs up, please hit the thumbs up. There had to be something on this live stream tonight that you enjoyed. Show your appreciation by hitting the thumbs up. If you guys have not hit the subscribe button yet, please do so. We're almost at 130,000 subscribers, man. Thank you guys very much for all your love and support, and thank you to all the new members on my Twitter wall, man. We're nearing 36,000 on Twitter at JD from NY206 on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you guys go and check out all the other content as well. Ton of content on the homepage if you guys missed any of the weekend's festivities and continue to get those super chats in man. also once again thank you to Honey my great sponsor for tonight's show Honey.com slash off the script it's free man just download it it's a great way to support me and the show super chats man let's start at the top Gregory Benson with an I-99 super chat So they let Tony Storm walk away, but somehow catering and this 24-7 title garbage is still a thing. Can we burn that ugly green title already? I wish, bro. I absolutely wish. I can't stand it. Johnny Cloud 9. Thank you for re-upping your membership, brother. Almost six months. I'll take a PB whiskey on the rocks. Uh, Jesse, make mine a double. Okay? You and your fucking tacos, man. Put the fucking taco down and get me a peanut butter whiskey. Fucking God. Mr. Premium 2002 with a 1999 Super Chat. Hello, J. it has been a while. A lot of change since I last left a super chat. Though I still support the show from behind the scenes. Glad to see the growth on the channel accumulate. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Mr. Premium. I missed you around here, bro. Yo, Jesse, get Mr. Premium a peanut butter whiskey, man. Make his a triple for him coming back. Robert Hall, 85, with a 12-month re-up. Thank you so much, Robert Hall. Oh, shit, the Messiah has arrived. You know it, man. I always arrive in style. Jesse's legit making a taco right now. Bro, put the fucking tacos down, man. You got work to do, bro. Issa is still in Puerto Rico. I can't help that, man. Nobody wants to come back to New York. MGM balling with a nine tonight super chat drinking a Stella tonight. You could do better than a Stella balling. Should have drank earlier to successfully sit through the twenty four seven BS and AJ losing the most boring thing on television. Yeah, man, you are going to need uh, you are going to need something stronger than a fucking Stella. I'll tell you that right now. Jerry Ramey with a twenty dollars super chat. A little tribute for the undisputed tribal chief. Raw made you drink this soon. Damn you, Bruce. Yeah, man, Bruce is a fucking piece of shit, man. I can't stand Bruce. Isaiah, where well, they fight all Super Chat. Hi, J. D. Like the beginning and ending of Raw. Glad to hang out live. You think they'll unify the titles? I hope so, bro. I've heard the networks don't want the split to end. Fuck the networks. Fuck Fox and fuck NBC Universal, man. I can't stand either one of them. Mr. Premium 2002 with another 999 Super Shot. On another note, glad to finally see Lesnar versus Lashley. And if the pay per views are really called premium live events in WWE, now then I must have been really missed around here. Yeah, man. They're premium live events now. That'll go over just as well as them calling and getting people to say it's sports entertainment. Fuck out of here. VC Stallion with a one ninety nine super chat. What's your opinion on vs. Brock at Mania? No. I don't care about that match at all. Kelly with a $5 super chat. Happy New Year's, J.D. Sorry, it's late. Been partying the entire New Year's weekend with a little bit of bubbly. Cheers to you and the OTS crew. Rock on. Thank you, Kelly. Happy New Year to you as well. Bo Jiden with a $2 super chat. You're making too much sense for WWE, JD. Uh, Bo Jaden. I wish you made just as much sense for the United States, bro, but thank. You. Cheers to you, brother. Golden Boy with a $20 super chat. Not saying I don't believe, but what if the COVID by Roman was just to get Brock into the fatal five way and build towards belt versus belt at WrestleMania since it's in Dallas, a huge venue for money reasons, sales and merch. So you think WWE faked Roman having COVID? I wouldn't put anything past him, uh, bro, but I, I, I don't think that's the case. WWE had this new concept day one Created by Nick Conman They were not going to jeopardize that main event Kenley Pierre with a 1-9-9 jet Lesnar vs Edge WrestleMania 38 for the WWE Championship No! No! Edge Styles That's your WrestleMania match Michael with a 199 Super Chat. Rollins and KO versus RK Bro for the tag team titles. Book it, I can see it. In fact, I I would not be surprised if that is the WWE Raw tag team title match at WrestleMania. The Gary Sphere with the $2 Super Chat. Wonder what part-timer wins the Royal Rumble this year. I don't know, man, we'll see. We will see, man. Trey Van Garrick with a 4 dollars Super Chat. Hey, JD, I know you don't like doing it, but it's great to see you do a Raw review. Here's to another great year and one more year of trash raws and SmackDowns. Uh, Trey Van Garrick, thank you for the four ninety nine Super Chat. I actually enjoy doing the live streams more than I enjoy watching the actual shows. I do. Kelly with a $5 Super Chat. JD also tell Thunder Rosa... That Jesse stole my shrimp tacos and my seltzer while I was doing karaoke on stage. You sang White Zombie Thunder Kiss 65. LOL. Jesse's stealing shrimp tacos, I hear, because his tacos that he home makes himself are fucking terrible. Is that why he's stealing your shrimp tacos, Kelly? Jesse, what the fuck is wrong with you, bro? You stealing Kelly's tacos? And you got to steal a seltzer, bro. You got unlimited fucking drinks behind the bar. What are you doing? Pour yourself a Cherry 7 up and shut your fucking mouth. Okay? Brandon James Shea with a $4 Super Chat on Wednesday night. I go to AEW Dynamite. Good for you, bro. Should be a great show. It's going to be a major show, man. Jesse and I will be live. He gets those fucking tacos out of his mouth. AEW always puts on a great show, man. Enjoy yourself. The Undertaker with a $5 Super Chat. Useless trivia fact. The album cover for Metallica's Load is a mix of cow blood and the artist's semen squished between two plates of plexiglass. Now we know why it's one of the worst metal albums of our generation, Undertaker. Thank you. I did know that. I didn't know it was, I knew it was semen, but I didn't know it was cow And I didn't know it was the artist's semen. I was maybe wondering, or I figured it was one of the band members' semen. I don't know. What an awful album. Shane Baroy with a four ninety nine super chat. Royal Rumble twenty twenty two participants so far. Johnny Knoxville, Angelo Dawkins, Dominic Mysterio, Austin Theory, Ray Mysterio, and Montez Ford. Jeez, this is going to be a rough year. Yeah, man. WW's announced these men for the Royal Rumble, and not one of them are a believable winner. It's crazy. Be loved with a $4.99 Jack. Good stuff tonight, J.D. Sipping a white Russian. Sounds good, man. We make some delicious white Russians here in the chat. In the venue. Jesse makes a, a damn good white Russian. You're going to go order it now because he's behind the bar. Eating his fucking tacos. Glad we're getting Lesnaros Lashley. Wish it was at WrestleMania, but I'll take it. Keep rocking out. LTB for life. Thank you, be loved. Ty Sloan with the 499 Super Chat. J.D., are you a fan of Resident Evil Village? I got it for Xmas. Also, thoughts on Vanguard, worth getting, and also Battlefield 2042 and Cyberpunk 2077. Ty, I don't know where you were, bro, but we played Village on the second channel. We did a whole live stream on it, bro. Legitimately, we did a whole live stream on it. Vanguard, don't waste your money. The game is fucking awful. I heard Battlefield is broken as fuck, bro. I don't even have it. I didn't buy it because it was broken. And Cyberpunk, it may be better, but I got my refund. The game was terrible when I got it. A complete snooze fest. Reverend Davey Thompson with a 10-month re-up. Thank you so much, man. Happy New Year, JD. I always love your podcast. By the way, I drink Dr. Pepper. Bro, listen, Dr. Pepper is delicious. I don't drink soda anymore because I don't really like the sugar intake. But if I was to drink a soda, man, Dr. Pepper would be it. That or Cherry 7-Up. Ty Sloan with the 499 Super Chat. Thoughts on Insane Clown Posse's music since it was a bit metal rap combo. Also, thoughts on Good Charlotte's anthem still being played today. Bro, I don't listen to Good Charlotte, only pussies listen to Good Charlotte people with vaginas listen to Good Charlotte there's no man out there I'm sorry Hulu Groom if this is you bro no offense taken please Good Charlotte is a chick band bro get them out of here we don't listen to that shit here we listen to shit with balls uh, Insane Clown Posse uh, their music is all you want rap rock you want rap metal go listen to Stuck Mojo Stuck Mojo Declaration of a Headhunter, right there. Ah, uh, Est. No, I, I can't. How, how do I pronounce your name, bro? Jesus fucking Christ, Esato, Esato Fortune. With the Canadian five dollar super chat. Is it just me or Raw was never good to AJ Styles? He truly shined on SmackDown. Yeah, there is something to that, bro. It's the Monday Night Raw effect. Troy Turner becomes a member for 13 months. Oh my goodness! Thanks for all you do, JD and Jesse. Steak tacos because he finally wised up and realized that sour cream goes on fucking tacos. Yeah, you hear that, Jesse? Uh, sour cream on your tacos, bro. Okay. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear your lip. Sour cream on tacos, bro. I'm making. I'm making chicken tacos tomorrow for dinner, bro. I'll take a picture for you. Okay. Ryan Fraley in the chat. JD hates everything except Alter Bridge and bands I never heard of. Maybe you should wisen up and actually develop a taste in music, Ryan Fraley. My Spotify is a very eclectic mix of music. the fuck do you know, man? Are you ever in the Mustang driving with me? Listening to my music with the windows down? And a cold beverage? No. Until then, shut your fucking mouth. Okay? Thank you for coming. Tribal Chief with a five dollar Canadian super chat. Can you see Reigns enter the Rumble like Lesnar in 2020 due to no competition? Win and face Lesnar at Mania? I honestly can see anyone else can't see anyone else winning it. Why would Lesnar enter the Rumble if he's the Universal Champion? Eamon Perry with a 4 99 super shot. JD Lashley was supposed to win the title. He was the only one that got his finishes on Lesnar, two spears and the hurt lock, and almost pinned Lesnar. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, bro. Lesnar wasn't even supposed to be in the match. Rumor has it Big E was supposed to win the match. Lashley was supposed to win the title. No, he wasn't. Do you work there? The fuck do you know? know Sean Swabby with a $5 super chat. AEW has pay-per-views. WWE has unpremium live events. They will always be pay-per-views to me, man. There's absolutely nobody in human existence that's going to be talking amongst their friends and say, Hey, man, are you going to watch that premium live event tonight? That WWE premium live event? No. Now they're going to be talking about WWE pay-per-view. Ty Sloan with a 4.99 Super Chat. Do you think Sublime... Could have lived on if the singer didn't die. Also, thoughts on Pantera and Pink Floyd and Misfits and Green Day still being worn today. Hi Sloan, you know, listen, bro, I, I love you, bro. Thank you for being in the venue. Thank you for your $5 super chat. Sublime, bro, do I look like a fucking stoner to you? I feel like people who listen to Sublime, man, you wear your fucking hippie clothes and you smoke your weed and you fucking got your unwashed hair for about six weeks. You go down to the coffee shop, the local coffee shop, and you order your fucking soy vanilla latte, bro, with sugar-free vanilla. The fuck listens to Sublime in 2022, man? Really? Pantera? I love Pantera, man. Five Minutes Alone is my favorite Pantera song. Pink Floyd? I grew up with Pink Floyd, man. My dad loved Pink Floyd. I don't listen to Pink Floyd. I'm, I, I'm more of a I'm more of a Journey guy. I'm more of a Jethro Tull guy. I'm more of A Led Zeppelin guy. Collective soul. Kansas. Green Day? Green Day sucks. Green Day's a fucking chick, band, man. Green Day Green Day's listened to by fucking vagina wielding geeks. Green Day is awful. Bradley Robinette with a 199 super chat. Have you heard Greta Van Fleet yet? No. I have no idea who that is, and I have not gone out of my way to look that person up yet. And finally, we got one more super chat here, man. We're going to get the hell out of here. We got one more super chat in the bank. Uh, yo, Jesse, uh, make sure the floors are mopped and swept, bro. Okay? Okay. And make sure all of the tips on the end of the high-end alcohol are washed, bro. I don't want the fruit flies flying around tomorrow morning, okay? That's all I ask. Put your fucking tacos down, bro. I'll show you a real fucking taco tomorrow, man. Fucking geek over here. Um... Maybe I should do the Super Chats from the car. What do you think? Do you think I should do the Super Chats from the fucking car? I don't know. Just an idea. Uh, Jared Ford with a $5 Super Chat. Loving these entrants for the hog who runs the world. I also hope Lady Frost and Kylie Ray will be in it. Can't wait for Dynamite and Impact. Much love. Uh, Jared, there's only eight people in the tournament. We've announced seven. I have no idea who the last entrance is going to be. And Angel Davila with a $5 super chat saying premium live events for premium live Event events doesn't sound right. Or PLEs for premium live events just doesn't sound right. No, it doesn't. Just like I don't call WWE sports entertainment, man. It's pro wrestling pro wrestling. They don't do pro wrestling correct but it's pro wrestling. Uh, Guys, I am about to get out of here, man. Tired. Hungry. I need some sleep. We got NXT tomorrow night, man. I'll be live for New Year's Evil. Live stream tonight. New Year's Evil. Big show. Should be awesome. Joining me then Hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button. Thank you for all the super chats. Go and check out all the other videos if you might have missed any of them. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at JD from NY206. And check out Honey. Join Honey.com slash off the script. Guys, I'm about to get out of here, man. two things I need from me before I roll this window up, man. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. If you got them, VIPs, I need those Mustang emojis in the chat. And number two, I need that music on Max. I'll see you guys on Tuesday night live from the venue with NXT, New Year's Eve. Well, until then, guys, have a great night, and I'll see you tomorrow.